GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by... Well, I'm joined by Hovercraft Joe, but Joe... I need you to know something. Yeah. You've lost your memory. Your real name oh, is the Sphinx. Oh dang! Oh, you jump off my balcony. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I only live on the second floor. I wouldn't die. I'd just be hurt. Um, I don't even think you'd be hurt. So we're we're at the end of uh, Christmas month. If I if I'm thinking correctly this is actually boxing day where people are listening to this so uh happy boxing day is it uh i think so it would be the 26th yeah 26th so so happy boxing day hope hope you're enjoying boxing day and watching some uh premier league soccer um so we're uh talking about the long kiss goodnight which i feel like is a movie that's you know we've talked about or you know it's come up a lot and uh not one that i've ever seen um at all had you never seen this either no never seen it i and i had i've never seen it because i hadn't heard it's weird i didn't i never heard any good things about it Mm -hmm. like no that's not true i have heard some good things about it but I think for whatever reason, like my my memory of this movie is clouded by Gina Davis and like Cutthroat Island and, you know, that whole time frame of movies that she was making. I, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, always lumped this movie in with all the other garbage flops that she that 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 came out with her in it. Right. Well, I mean, this movie is not necessarily a financial success. Like, so that's true. It is kind of a flop. Um, I, I think it goes on to gain like cult status, you know, yeah. um, afterwards. Um, but anyways, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Um, this movie comes out on October 11th, 1996. Uh, and my background with it is easy. I kind of covered it already. I knew it was a movie. We, we talked about it. I've never seen it before. I really didn't know much about it other than it had Gina Davis and Samuel Jackson directed by Rennie Harlan. That's about it. So I, I didn't know anything else really going into it, but it is even maybe more so than almost besides jingle all the way, but maybe more of a Christmas movie than anything else we've covered in Christmas month. Cause it's very Christmassy. Yeah, no, I agree. You're absolutely right. But you're you, as far as like my knowledge of it goes, same thing. Like, I didn't even know Shane Black wrote this. You know, I, I had no idea that it was one of his movies. Um, it makes sense now seeing it. It definitely feels like a Shane Black movie. You know, takes place at Christmas. It's got certain, you know, Shane Black fingerprints on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I had never seen this until 
I watched it for the podcast. Like I hadn't even seen a scene of this movie until I watched it for the podcast. Yeah, uh, uh, same here. Like I, I had not watched one minute because I feel like it's not like I don't remember this. Like oh, this is on TV a lot or or anything like that. You know, like a lot of the yeah. movies where it's like I, I, I really had nothing about this movie. Yeah, and it's not what I expected it to be at all. No. <laughs> it's a, no. I'm going to come out and say this right now. It is a weird fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, and that was like, you know, we don't uh, we don't generally talk about the movies before we were here on the podcast, but occasionally we'll just send a message. Yeah. And, and you sent me a message that was just like, this movie's fucking weird. <laughs> like, yeah. And you hadn't watched it yet. So I'm no. curious to... I, do you agree? I feel like this is one of those movies, and there was another one we had we had uh, the same way recently, mm-hmm. where like it kind and I don't want to give too much away about my rating. This movie kind of won me over in a little way by the end, but it definitely starts off very bizarre. Like it's a weird movie. By the end, I was kind of on board, but it is not right from the get-go it wasn't what i was expecting so right yeah it, it's real well you'll hear it's bizarre yeah uh okay so uh this movie has a budget of 65 million dollars and it goes on to gross about 33 million dollars so that's not great nope. um it has a rotten tomatoes of 68 percent, pretty good and also yeah. a lot higher than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 got, mm-hmm. if you'll remember. Uh, and then an audience score of 70%. So, wow. Yeah. So, okay. uh, but again, you you know, it, it cult status, who knows how it's calculated. Sure. So, uh, top grossing movies of 1996. Uh, number one is Independence Day, a uh, yeah, movie we've covered on the podcast. Uh, number two is Twister. And number three is Mission Impossible, the first one. Uh, this movie, The Long Kiss Goodnight, comes in 46 in the domestic box office. Uh, and then other movies we've covered uh, on this podcast from 1996 are number seven, The Rock, number 14, Eraser, number 20, Broken Arrow, number 22, Jingle All the Way, <laughs> uh, number 51, Rumble in the Bronx, number 61, From Dust Till Dawn, and number 63, Escape from L.A. Wow. So A lot of movies. Yeah, we, we've hit this uh, year pretty hard. Uh, so this movie, uh, for me, all I got is Gina Davis is a star, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Brian Cox is in this, and David Morse are all the people that I have. Is there anyone else that you wanted to mention? No, like I, I recognized Craig Bierko's name, but I could not for the life of me figure out what else I saw him in. <laughs> Did you ever figure it out? No, I didn't bother to look. Oh, well, let me fair see. enough. Uh, let's see. He's in, um, let's see. The Long Kiss Goodnight. I think I saw that. <laughs> He's in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Maybe I saw him there. Um, Scary Movie 4. <laughs> Dickie Roberts, former child star. I definitely didn't watch him in that. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's been in a billion TV shows too. He's just a, he's just a working actor. He's in a lot of stuff, kind of all the time. Fair so, enough. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I have a couple networks for you. Ready? Yep. All right. First up, Brian Cox. He's got that sweet, sweet X two X Men United money. What do you think for uh, Brian Cox? He's got that sweet, sweet uh, born supremacy money. Uh, I was gonna say born identity, but he's not in born identity. Remember how the born <laughs> supremacy is somehow like the second longest episode we've ever done? Yes. It's so weird because, like, some episodes feel really long. That one, that one, not. I rem- that one didn't. And I remember you were like, "This is the longest episode we ever done," and we were like, "Really? Wow." Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, he wasn't the first one, wasn't he? Born Identity. It doesn't matter. Either, yeah, he all was of those movies one. are better versions of this movie. So moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll go twenty-five million. Uh, Fifteen million dollars for Brian Cox. Okay. Uh, next up, Samuel L. Jackson. He's got that sweet, sweet Nick Fury money and lots of stuff. What do you think for Samuel L. Jackson? We've come up a lot on the podcast. He's got that sweet, sweet, I don't know, pick a movie money. I mean, he's <laughs> black snake mode. Um, <laughs> I'll go $160 million. $250 million for Samuel L. Jackson. Cut the man. Uh, and then finally, Gina Davis. She's got that sweet, sweet Cutthroat Island money. Uh, what do you think for Gina Davis? She got that sweet, sweet The Fly money. Um, I kind of want to cover that. It's not an action movie, and it's a creepy Cronenberg movie. But I I've never, like I, I've never seen it. It's it's real weird. Um, Put it in your back pocket for next October. Oh, maybe. What were we saying? Oh, Gina Davis. Uh, she's got that sweet, sweet money. She's got. 20 million. 30 million dollars right. for uh Gina Davis. She's one uh, residuals okay. from uh League of Their Own because I play that movie constantly still. Uh could be. Uh so this movie is directed by our uh our buddy Rennie Harlan, yep. uh director of the aforementioned Cutthroat Island and uh Deep Blue Sea, which mm-hmm. we uh covered on this podcast. And Die Hard 2. And, it, and Die Hard 2. And then it's written by Shane Black, which again, I like. It didn't even occur to me that Shane Black wrote this until I was reading about it. But watching this movie, this movie is very Shane Black. No, I I agree, uh, and it's funny because kind of like I, I always forget, like it, until I read the facts, I always forget that Shane Black wrote the Last Boy Scout too. Yeah. He wrote not two the as well as yeah. sorry like he's written like uh, he's generally written good movies like not necessarily good movies but like well known action movies like stuff that is I'm not gonna say stood the test of time but right well but this isn't one I think that like I like we said I ever knew that he wrote like it it didn't like I, it's not one that I would think of for him but no. like then it's like oh it's well all his movies take place at Christmas for the most part so okay there's that right there so okay, so he's he's written 11 movies how many have we covered on this podcast uh six five Ooh, okay yep five. last boy scout last yep. boy scout mm-hmm. this yep uh die hard two he didn't write that Die Hard 1? You didn't write that video either. Lethal Weapon 1 and 2? Yes. So there's one more we've covered? Uh-huh. Uh, 
You're going to kick yourself. I'm going to kick myself? Mm-hmm. Is it a Christmas movie? Uh, there's Christmas in it. It's a Shane Black movie. Of course there's Christmas in it. Fuck. I don't know. Tell me. Last Action Hero. I was on the podcast for Last Action Hero, though. Huh? Yeah, but, oh. I mean, we named the show after it. <laughs> I know, but can I tell you something? I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Really? <laughs> really? Wow. All right. <laughs> well, he script-doctored some stuff, too. Predator, Hunt for Red October, RoboCop 3. He's done a lot. He's done a Let's lot. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and we will say that we did consider, for, and we'll probably save it for next if the podcast is still around next December, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but if it is, we did talk about doing Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. We, we do that might. and kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah. Um, so, and then the, the music, which is unremarkable and we're not playing anything, but it's by our, our speaking of old friends, uh, Alan Silvestri, yeah. um, who's maybe perhaps the person that's come up on this podcast the most. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd say him or um or uh shit. What's his name that wrote the music for uh Commando? Uh Mark Heyman. That was oh, Mark Heyman and his damn steel drums. What was it? Forty eight hours. Forty eight hours like, had the same song. I'm just I'm just gonna reuse this. Yeah, we'll just use uh, that. That's cool. Uh okay. So taglines, there's only two and they're they're both terrible. <laughs> The first one is, in quotes, the most spectacular action scenes you've ever seen. No. Okay, first of all, no. First of all, no. And then this next one is, eight years ago, she lost her memory. Now a detective must help her remember the past before it buries them both. What's forgotten is not always gone. Is he a detective? Oh, I guess he was a detective. He's Well, he's like a private detective. He's a private, yeah, he's a private eye. Okay. Yeah, he's a private eye. So, okay. Anything you want to talk about before we get into the plot of the long kids goodnight? Um, you know, we should talk about the fact that this was the first script to be sold for $4 million. That's crazy. That blows my mind. Like, he was Shane Black was the first writer to sell a script for $4 million. That is unbelievable. And, and it's kind of crazy that it's this script. Yeah. I think it's just based on the fact that, you know, he has such a good track record with action movies. Like, that, that that's him. Like, that's his thing. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, and I think people liked the concept of this. They like, it is a good concept, you know. Woman loses her, loses her memory, doesn't know who, what her past was. Turns out she's an assassin. I mean, yeah, and I obviously I don't want to put my cards on the table yet, but I'm I'm, I'm going to make I don't think it's a bold cut. Say this isn't a bad movie, right? Like I, I maybe we disagree. I don't think this was a bad movie. Like there's a there's issues with it. We'll get into sure. it more, but but I don't think this is like I don't know. I, I we'll get into more. I don't want yeah. I don't want to talk too much about it now. So right. Um. Okay. So ready to talk about the plot. Uh, oh, one other thing. Um, we should talk about the fact that this is a loose adaptation of the Born Identity. 
Oh, is it? I guess I didn't see that. I didn't notice it. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a loose. Yeah, this is this is. Um, I mean, it makes on, sense though. Actually, now that you're saying it. Right, right, yeah. So this is based on Robert Ludlum's 1984 book, The Born Identity, um, which is why I brought up the Born Supremacy with Brian Cox. Right, that's why you brought it up. It is. Uh, okay. All right. So this movie starts off with someone writing on paper. Uh, I found it kind of odd that, like, in these opening credits, they already let us know that she's, like, a CIA agent. Like, one of the things they show, like, in the credits is, like, a picture of her and her, like, CIA, like, badge or whatever. And it's like, right. oh, I thought that would be, like, a big reveal. Um, anyway, so we're at a Christmas parade. Uh, we're introduced to uh, Samantha Kane via voiceover by Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talks about how she was quote born eight years ago because she has focal retrograde amnesia so she doesn't remember anything uh prior to eight years ago um uh but that she was pregnant uh and she doesn't know who the father is of her kid yep right that's it okay uh we're introduced to samuel jackson who's a private detective but also like scams people out of money i guess because he's like scamming this guy to get him like that he catches cheating on his wife to give him money um and he's pretending to be a detective no he's what he's doing is so the guy's wife hired him to investigate the husband right Mm -hmm. yeah he is uh getting paid x amount of dollars from the wife he's going to scam the guy to get more money for him not to tell his wife. So that's okay. essentially what it is. He's just trying to get more money out of whoever, either side. He doesn't care okay. what the consequences are. He just wants more money. Got it. Okay. So uh, Gina Davis is driving uh, some old drunk dude home, uh, and they they hit a deer, and she is launched from the car. She is launched from the launched. car. Launched. Like, launched from the car. It is a... It, it's actually pretty amazing how they film that. Like it looks yeah. like her shooting out of the windshield and landing in the snow. Right. And she should also be dead, but she's not. She's 100%. fine. Pretty fine. She gets up and the deer is still alive. And then she goes over and like breaks the deer's neck. Yeah. Um, just kind of instinctively. Right. Uh, cut to some dude in prison who's missing an eye. Uh, and they're showing footage from the parade on TV, and she recognizes Gina Davis, and he's really mad about it. He, like, freaks out. Yeah, we don't know why yet. Right. Uh, so then Gina Davis is in the hospital, and she has a weird dream uh, where she's kind of, like, talking to herself in the mirror, like a different version of herself. Right. Um, more on that later, too. That is that is such a weird scene. Like, I get it's a dream oh, it's, sequence, but it's just it's so, so weird. It's so weird. Well, you know what? You know what's like, and I'm just thinking about it now, and it comes back into play. Like, I feel like in that scene when she's talking to the other version of the mirror, it's on like a cliff, right? Yeah, it is. Like it's on it's on the cliff that she falls off of. Yes. And I'm just making that connection now, so that's that's kind of cool, actually. Um, okay, so uh, Samuel Jackson finds like tracks down like some old stuff of hers from an apartment. Um, and she's like, he's like, all right, I'm going to go visit her because basically she's been hired. She's hired a lot of like private detectives to try and figure out who she is. Right. And she kind of says, she's like, well, I hired really good ones and they can figure out everything. So now I hire like bad ones. So, right. Um, 
but he actually has a break in the case because he finds some old information about her. Yeah, uh, which I didn't, a- I didn't understand that information. Like, so the only thing that she remembered was that her real name was Samantha. And so she provided that to him. But what was the new information that she they found out something about like uh an an apartment she had rented, right? And then disappeared. Uh, yeah, but and then I can't found out this... how he made the connection between her cuz it was in a completely different like state. Oh, they they I mean, I, I, I honestly, they talk about it in the movie. I don't remember exactly how they okay. explain it, it but matter. like his his assistant explains how she tracked it down. Okay. But I don't I don't remember. I don't have my notes. I, I apologize. Um, okay. So then there's that weird scene where she's cutting carrots and she just starts cutting carrots really fast. And like her boyfriend and her daughter are like, oh, and they start like handing her all this different stuff from the fridge and she's all like cutting it. She's like, oh, I must have been a chef. But then she like throws the knife and impales like a tomato into like a cupboard and then everyone's like really scared about it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's weird, too. Like, they just start throwing vegetables at her. It's just like, yeah. it is it is a two and a half minute scene of just her chopping. It is so bizarre. It's like, so weird. It didn't need to be that long of a scene. This movie is not it's, terribly long. I mean, it's still 120 minutes. It's like, you know, it's a it, solid two it's hours. It's like two hours, two hours on the button. Yeah. But I feel like they could have did a little less chopping. It, it the beginning of this movie is so weird. Like I, I would say the that acting it kind of, is weird too. I would say that it kind of mellows out and becomes more of a standard action movie. Yeah. But like the first ha- first half hour or so is weird. Yeah, it's real weird. And I think like like even the acting is weird. Like it's not even. It's almost like soap opera esque acting. Right, but right, but I think that's on purpose though. Maybe. I hope it's on purpose because um, okay. if it's not, then <laughs> so so then we're introduced to Timothy. He's kind of like the main bad guy, and he's yeah. like torturing a guy, and he kills him. Uh, then like she's taking her daughter, Gina Davis is taking her daughter skating, and she like her daughter falls falls down, and she gets like really oddly like aggressive with her daughter about like, hey, you're gonna skate, and like we're supposed to see that like Gina Davis is like alter ego, her original personality is like starting to come out. Because right. of the head wound from the car crash. Yep. Uh, so then the one-eyed dude shows up at prison and tries to kill her. And I'm like, why did he need the uh, carolers as cover? Why didn't he just bust into the house and start shooting? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, but they have, a, they have a fight that's pretty cool. Does he just have a shotgun? Or, like, what does he have? Or is it, like, a grenade launcher? I don't know. He blows a whole hole. I don't Sorry. really he, know. He blows a hole in the wall. He, he has a shotgun. That's what that is. It's a shotgun. But it's almost like it's shooting explosive rounds. Like, yeah. it doesn't very, make very, sense for what gun that is. Yeah, because he, like, blows a hole in the wall, and Gina Davis, like, throws her daughter out the hole in the wall into the treehouse. Yeah, so... I'm confused. Uh oh. So she gets her memory back and has increased strength. Well, I mean, the treehouse is pretty close to uh... Joe. Joe. <laughs> she picks her up yeah. on the back of her neck and her mm-hmm. pants mm-hmm. and heaves her yeah. across five or six feet into the treehouse. Her daughter's not, her daughter's eight. I have a seven year old. I know what an eight-year-old feels like when you pick him up. 
I can't I can't heave my child six feet. Well, I will I will say this. Um, and obviously, you know, it's a movie, so it's not real. But I will say that this movie does have a sense of like kind of like hyper reality to it, like where it's it, it's not super grounded. I feel like so. I, I I don't know. I mean, you're right. I don't have an explanation for it. It's just so it's so weird. This movie's so weird in the beginning and so, throughout. It's weird. So she kills the one eyed dude. Uh, then Samuel L. Jackson shows up kind of after it, right as this is going on. Yeah. And so th- they decide that they're going to leave uh, and, and try and figure out what's going on uh, with her. Right. So then we cut to, we cut to like the weirdest thing about this movie is like, we cut to the white house and like the president's talking to the CIA, like about how they lost an agent, but it's like, it's been eight years. So like, why is it just coming up now? Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't even think about that till just now. You're right. Like, did they not know she was missing or, and what tipped them off to them knowing that she's resurfaced? I'm, you can't see on the uh, podcast if you're listening, but I am shrugging my shoulders because uh, I don't have a response. I don't know. Okay. Moving on. Uh, so they're in Samuel Jackson's car. Uh, it doesn't have heat, and then he almost runs him off the road because he's staring at the boobs of some jogger. Yeah, you know, again, another weird choice. Like, he, it's so, it's just, I can't, it's so weird. Like, he drives by and makes a huge, like, stink about this jogger. She didn't it even, seems- I, I like, she didn't even seem that attractive from the quick look we got of her. No, like it, I don't and it like. Seems so like it seems so out of place. Mm-hmm. Like it's a complete non sequitur. It doesn't come mm. up. It doesn't come up again at, at all in any aspect later on in the movie. It does not. Um, so she's looking through kind of the stuff that Samuel Jackson got from her old apartment, and there's like a book that has like a signature or like a dedication, like from so and so in the front of it. Right. Um, and they track down the number, and that turns out to be Brian Cox. Uh, and Brian Cox is like, all right, I got to meet you. Uh, so they agree to meet uh, at a train station in New Jersey. Um, they stay at a hotel, her and Samuel Jackson. And like her suitcase has like a hidden compartment. So yeah. did she. But. Okay. Question. Because we later find out that she gets shot and falls off a cliff. Right. Right. And then surfaces. But like, was the suitcase in her old apartment? Or where did the suitcase yeah, yeah. go? She, All that okay. stuff's from her old apartment. Yeah. So okay. she probably left that stuff at the old apartment and then never showed back up after whatever mission she was on. Okay. Remember, hey, remember when the bare naked ladies broke into the old apartment? Oh, you know what? <laughs> listen, what are we doing? Listen, listen to that song. No, uh, so, anyways. Oh, you know what so we didn't anyway. mention? We didn't mention that the CIA, um, knowing that, however it is they know, know that Samantha's sort of resurfaced tap Brian Cox's phone because he was right. her previous handler. Right, 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 right. So um so they know where they're meeting up. Right. So um so yeah, so there's like the the suitcase has like a uh, uh a hidden compartment with like a, a knife and like a sniper rifle in it. Yeah. That she puts together and then she like she like almost accidentally shoots Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson is like, I'm gonna leave. I like this is too crazy. We find out he was in prison for four years. 
he was a cop in Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then he decides to end up helping her and drives her to the train station. Um, Timothy's at the train station and kind of goes up to Gina Davis and is basically just kind of like making sure that she doesn't know who he is. Uh, and then a bunch of guys uh, try, and, try and kill him. Um, I, I I had to say this scene in the train station was wild to me because it's like usually like I feel like they avoid this now in movies, but so many innocent people yeah. get killed in that scene. And they're supposed like, to be CIA. I, they're supposed to be CIA officers, right? CIA. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and they're just randomly shooting people. Yeah, like I feel like in a movie, like now, like you wouldn't have that many like just innocent bystanders just getting mowed down, like no, in this I mean, movie. Perfect example: a scene in uh, John Wick Two when him and Common are walking through that uh, train station, and John Wick's up top, and he's got the gun like tucked under his arm and trying to shoot yeah. him covertly. I love that scene. Sorry, moving on. Um, so I, I, I and I, I particularly I wrote it down because I really liked a little bit where they're trying to escape. And they're kind of at the top of the stairs and Samuel Jackson's are like, all right, I got this many rounds left and you just shoot. We're going to make a stand. And then like a grenade comes flying up the stairs yeah. and he's just, he's just like, fuck it, run for your life. Uh-huh. And, they, and they run and they jump out the window and it's kind of cool. And she takes that gun, she shoots the ice um, and, and they break through. Yeah, You don't like when they break through the ice? It, I mean, it makes sense for the movie, but... Okay, so well, they do point out the sign earlier that specifically says that the ice could break. And yes, it's not totally, totally yeah. No, they set it up. I'm fine with okay. that. Okay, so then Brian Cox shows up and saves them. Uh, he explains that Gina da- Gina Davis is really an assassin who works for the government, and Brian Cox is the person that trained her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they think that Brian Cox is because they're like they don't understand that his phone was tapped, so they think that like, well, you're the only one that knew they were meeting, so you like set us up. So they steal his car and they leave him behind. Uh, and they go to what they think is Gina Davis's former fiance because right. they have like a postcard. Um, but then it turns out he's not. That's that's uh, David Morse. But yes. then it turns out that turns out that he's not her former fiance. That he's actually was her target that she was trying to kill eight years ago. Yes, Daedalus. Yes. Um, so which I don't they, know how he fits in, like. He seems unnecessary to the plot of this movie. Right. I no, I agree. Like I can't he he does have some tie to Timothy, but I can't right. quite figure out what it was. Well, I think Timothy's like her his right hand man. Oh, maybe. It's like David Morse's right hand man. Could be, yeah. No, that, that's or at least eight years ago he was. Right. Um so they like um they end up getting caught, uh, and they have her like explain to me do it because i i'm not going to do it justice explain like kind of the way that they're torturing her like what do they have her tied to like there's a it's a water wheel that inside of um you ever been to the apple orchard i mean i've been to an apple orchard (laughs) well there's an apple orchard i don't know if you've been to this one or not maybe there's one that they have a water wheel that's used for processing and smashing the apples to get the juice out of them so that's kind of what this is. It's like a almost like maybe it's like a pump house for elect, for for electricity or for water or whatever it is, but it's got a giant water wheel on it. And so they've got her tied to the water wheel, bound hand and foot, you know, by her ankles and by her wrists to this water wheel, and they're lowering the water wheel into the water and semi-drowning her. 
Right, because they they don't necessarily believe that she doesn't remember her past, so they're trying to figure out for sure if she's like faking or not. Which why does it matter? Uh, why don't they just kill her? I don't know yeah. why 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 is Samuel Jackson like constantly in this movie not killed and she saves him like three times? It's like why wouldn't they just shoot him? Anyways, because when they put her underwater, you see that Brian Cox is under their dead. See a Brian Cox, he's dead. Um, but while she's being like constantly put underwater, she gets her like old memories back uh and we find out that like um timothy and the guy the the guy with one eye who had both eyes back then uh he was the the one-eyed guy was supposed to kill her right uh but he she jammed like a needle in his eye taking out his eye and she ran away and shot her in the head question mark or grazed her in the head grazed her yeah and then she fell off the cliff okay so we're caught up there uh, so her old persona. He just assumed she was dead. Right. One eyed Jack or whatever his name is. So she gets all these memories back. Her old persona resurfaces. Charlie Baltimore, I believe is the name. Yes. Uh, she gets the gun out of dead Brian Cox's pants that we've established is there. Uh, and then she just kills David Morse, which is like, I thought he was going to be a bigger part of this movie. Yeah, me too. Um, but he's dead. Uh, and then he saves Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, cut to Atlantic City. Gina Davis uh, cuts her cuts and dyes her hair. Yep. Uh, she she calls the CIA, uh, but we find out at this point that Timothy is working for the CIA. Yes, um, working in conjunction with them. Uh, so they send dudes to kill Gina Davis. Uh, she kills all of them. Uh, I I like that her and Samuel Jackson are like driving away and like. He's like, well, what do you what do you even need me for anymore? She's like, oh, I guess you're right. And just like straight up pushes him out of the truck as they're driving. Yeah, which, which just, might have been the thing that made the most sense in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So and then like he's kind of just laying there smoking a cigarette. She comes back and she's like, I actually need your help because she's like, I have a bunch of money stashed away. I want to leave the country. But in order to get it, the the to open either the box or the suitcase, I need the charm bracelet that she left with her daughter. Right. Why she, she needs Samuel, why she needs Samuel Jackson to help her with this stuff. I don't know. Because but. if she, I, she, I think she thinks the house is monitored. So if she okay. goes in, they're going to see her. She goes into the house. Though. I know. Look, look, <laughs> there's a lot of things. There's so many things in this movie that do not make any sense whatsoever. All right, fair enough. So she goes back to the house. Did you like that little bit where she like uh, sees the kid from earlier in the movie smoking a cigarette? Yeah, and she kind of like yells at him and he pees his pants. That was ridiculous. Um, so she gets the charm bracelet, but then dudes show up and start chasing and shooting at Samuel Jackson. Um, I don't know why, but I really laughed about the part where she like puts on the ice skates and is just like skating across How the lake. Did, uh... There she is got him on. No way she have, could have gotten those skates on fast enough. Um, also, she like she murders the guys in the car, and I'm like, a lot of murders happen in this movie in like public settings. Yeah, broad daylight, in front of witnesses, and like, and like cops never show up. The people she kills on the lake, cops aren't there. She murders those guys in the alley in Atlantic City. People scream when they hear the gunshots. Cops don't show up. There's seemingly not a police presence that shows up at the train station during that shootout. Yep. It's just very, very odd. So, um, okay. So then Timothy uh, kidnaps Gina Davis's daughter. 
uh, and they call her. And I, and I didn't really understand this whole bit because he calls her and is like, hey, go to this Holiday Inn because I don't want to talk to you on the cell phone. But instead of going to the cell phone, they go to like a phone company and get them to trick the call so he thinks he's calling the Holiday Inn. But I don't know why they're doing all that. Excuse me. Yes. So <laughs> I don't really know. Like, I, I, I don't know if maybe they're trying to trace the call. Well, they do trace what, it. To figure out what they, room she's in. Okay. Or maybe. Because Gina, Gina Davis does have them trace. I think maybe that's what it from, is. I think they need yeah. the station so that they can trace the call back to him. So they trace the call back to Timothy and right, find right. out he's in he's in Niagara Falls. So they go to Niagara Falls, and that's the whole thing. Like the the, the operation that this the CIA and, and Timothy have going on is like Operation Honeymoon, and they're like, oh, it's Operation Honeymoon because it's like Niagara Falls, I guess. I guess. Um, and, and, and can you? Okay, so Gina Davis goes to sneak in to get her daughter back, and she gets her daughter back, but then right. it seems like maybe maybe it was a trap that they had. Like, was it a trap or because they had all the lights that came on? I couldn't tell if like they they knew that she was going to show up or if it's just, I don't know. It's uh, that part was confusing to me. There's a lot that's confusing. Like, so like, this is what I can't figure out. Like I I cannot for the life of me figure out why they haven't just killed Charlie. Like when they had the chance (laughs) to kill her and they didn't do it and they should have, like they they waited to interrogate her for some reason, but it's, it, it doesn't matter what she knew. Right, if they killed her, if it didn't killed matter. Her, right, they were going to kill her anyway, because that project they were doing. So in the beginning, so when when the CIA agents are meeting with the president, the president mentions like cutting their funding. Right, and so the whole point of this, of Project Honeymoon, is they're going to plan. They're going to, um, have like a domestic terror attack, but blame it on Islamic extremists. Right. And I didn't understand what they did to the, like the, it seemed way more confusing than it needed to be about why the truck was blowing up, why the tanker was blowing up. Was it a chemical attack? Yeah, it's a chemical attack. It was a chemical bomb. Um, Okay. But I don't, I can't for the life of me figure out how any of that has anything to do with Charlie's character. Like, what, what does her knowing about this have anything to do with, what does she have anything to do with this project? Well, yeah, that's the weird thing, because it's like she was supposed to be killing David Morris and Timothy eight years ago. Right. But then, like, are we supposed to believe that? I mean, they weren't planning this for eight years. No, this is something so new. She, so she wouldn't know anything about it. No, but she acts like she did. Like, she recognized the name. Project Honeymoon. So that's yeah. I can't I can't for the life of me make heads or tails of this plot whatsoever. Right. Moving anyway, on. <laughs> so, I, I uh, and to, to answer your question, I have no idea how they would know it's that she's coming. Okay, so uh, they get caught. Uh, turns out that Timothy is the he is the father of Gina Davis's kid, right? Or is that yeah, she yeah because he her part of her mission. So initially, Timothy and Daedalus were the enemy, and that. Um, so she had to infiltrate their group. So she had a romantic relationship with Timothy to try and get to Daedalus to kill him. Later on, eight years later, 
the CIA's decided, all right, well, we need these guys if we're going to plan this, this, you know, event to uh, right. blame it on the Islamic terrorists. So now they're so, working with them instead. <clears throat> and yes, so, she is the, he is the father. So uh, he locks Gina Davis and the kid in the freezer. Uh, she MacGyvers her way out of the freezer, creates like a big explosion. Yep. Uh, Samuel Jackson gets blown out of the motel into the woods. Because there's uh, kerosene everywhere, apparently. Uh, she tells her dumb daughter to hide, and she hides on the tanker and gets locked in there. Um, so then, like Samuel Jackson is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go save her." But he's just gets shot, but he's not dead. Uh, Gina Davis gets on the truck and is driving the truck. Uh, but then the truck crashes. Um, she has a fight. It crashes on a bridge. She has a fight with Timothy, uh, where where I really thought he was dead because <laughs> he like dead? yeah yeah because he like kind of falls off the bridge into the water or something. Yeah, um, it, like they set it up as if he were dead. Like they, they, the shot is set up as if he were dead. Right, but then like a shot later, they show him and he's fine. He's just like in he's the water. <laughs> Such yeah. Weird. So, like, they're kind of, like, they're then, like, her and her daughter are trying to escape, but the helicopter comes and picks up Timothy, and he's, like, shooting and got him pinned down. Right. But then Samuel Samuel Jackson is not dead at this point, and he hid in the car that they were planning on planting the Islamic terrorists with, and he busts out of the truck, drives up, uh, saves them, uh, and, and then I, I did kind of like how... Uh, uh, Gina Davis ended up killing Timothy um, because, like, she told him earlier that he was going to die screaming. Yeah. So, like, um, she she sees like a, a guy that died earlier is like hanging on these Christmas lights on the bridge. So she like kind of like cuts the wire and like slides up the the Christmas lights and grabs a gun and like shoots him out of the helicopter and he falls out of the helicopter and dies screaming like he said he would. Yeah. Um. But then the truck blows up on the bridge, takes out the bridge. They're driving. Are they driving into Canada or back into the U.S. from Canada? They are driving to Canada. Okay. And and so the bridge blows up and there's like all these cars on the bridge and they're like flying through the air and like landing in front of them. And it's this like crazy scene. Uh, And then they like stop and Sam Jackson. Again, they make you think Sam Jackson's dead because he's like, I can't drive anymore or whatever. Um, so then we cut flash forward. Gina Davis gets a call from the president and the president is like, Hey, I want you to come back and work for us. And she's like, no, uh, but I do have a favor. And then we cut to Samuel Jackson, who's alive and he's on Larry King (laughs) talking about like all the corruption in the CIA. Uh, and then we go to Gina Davis and her boyfriend and the daughter and they're at like a farm, like hanging out and she throws a knife. And kills a cricket that's making a lot of noise. Yeah, so apparently she's like half and half her two personalities now. Well, it is kind of confusing because like when Charlie Baltimore takes it over, it almost makes it seem like she doesn't remember anything about being Samantha Kane. Right. But then like by the end of the movie, it's kind of like, you know, like she's merged the two personalities. Right. But I it's guess. Never really... I don't know. They don't really explore that. They don't. Not that they no. give it a lot of time to explore it, but. No, no, yeah. no, no. And oh, and the whole point with him being on Larry King is there's a scene earlier where um, 
his ex-wife just thinks he's a big screw up, which he basically is, uh, and won't let him give his son a present for Christmas. Right. Yes. So that's true. he wanted to be on Larry King's to prove to them that he's done something with his life. Right. Yes. So, um, but that's it. I mean, we've, we've made it to the end of the longest good night. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> anything else that you want to mention? Um, I mean, there's a sequel they were working on. Um, oh, they were? Yeah. It was going to be called the uh, uh, Kiss After Lightning. And it never happened. Um, and then they were going to essentially, they were going to do another sequel potentially in 2007, but that never came to fruition either. I don't know if yeah. the sequel would have starred Gina Davis and Sam Jackson or maybe a reboot or not that they could really do a reboot at this point. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, um, <laughs> I don't have a lot else to add to it <laughs> right now. I, I, I don't really either. I mean, like, there's not a lot of, like, background or, no, or stuff I didn't, to dig there into. Was, there was, like, one one role reversal, but it didn't it – was, it was completely inconsequential. So I didn't even bother including it. Um, well, what – why don't we just get into our ratings and maybe yeah, some of the stuff that. we want to talk about will come up. Here we go. All right. Well, you want to go first or second? I'll let you choose. Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. I'm kind of torn on this movie. You're right. As far as like the, the movie itself goes, it, it does get better as it goes on. But the first part of it is just so <laughs> weird. Like, the characterizations are weird. The acting is strange. Up, and even when, even when she turns on the Charlie personality, like it's such a stark difference between the two that um, it almost doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's such a huge departure. Like and. Seeing Gina Davis go from like cookie baking mom housewife to like assassin, like I don't, you don't, I don't buy it at first. Like I don't, it didn't make any sense. Like it's such a weird juxtaposition that I couldn't get into Gina Davis being in action assassin, essentially. It took a little bit of go, like it, she had to kind of tone it down toward the end of the movie, which she does. And it sort of kind of makes things better. But it's just, it's very jarring, the movie itself. There's obviously a whole lot of plot issues and motivations. Nothing makes sense as far as, like, what her involvement is in all of this. Why they don't just kill her (laughs) at any point. Um like there's no reason for them to why, why why they keep keeping Samuel Jackson alive? Why they keep Sam Jackson alive? Why doesn't David Morrissey just kill her on sight? David Morse, not David Morrissey. Morrissey. Just David Morrissey. No. David Morse. <laughs> why doesn't David Morse just doesn't just kill her on sight? Like there's there's no reason for her to even stick around past that meeting at the at the cabin. Um, mm-hmm. But like the action sequences are good. The movies moves relatively quickly. There's really no slow points in it. As far as watching the movie, it's an action movie. 
it th- that part's fine. Um, I, this is a tough call for me. Like, I would never watch this movie again. <laughs> I would never watch it again. But I don't think it's a bad movie. I'll go. I'm just gonna go right down the middle. I'm gonna go two and a half with this. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're that we're that far apart on this. Um, this movie is very weird at the beginning, and I I, I wasn't sure. I, for the first half hour, forty five minutes, I was very unsure of this movie. Um, but it but it did kind of win me over, and I will say that I really like Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson in this, like their performances, like particularly Samuel L. Jackson, I thought was great in this. But I really do like Gina Davis in this. Like, I, I liked her performance. I mean, it's kind of weird, but, I mean, I, I think that's what they were going for. Um, and, and I do like the action sequence a lot. And I think it has – I mean, it's weird, but I kind of like the humor that's in it. Like, I think it kind of works. Uh, but but I'm also kind of with you where it's like, ah, this is not something I would ever really see myself getting into again. Um so I, I think I'm going to kind of be right in a line with you and give it two and a half, like right down the middle. Like, I think it's worth watching once if you haven't seen it. Yeah. But I, it's not going to be something that I'm going to go back to and revisit because it just it, it had potential, but I don't think it pulled off all the things that it was trying to do. Like, I, I think like the concept behind it, the performances are good, but I think all the plot and all that kind of stuff just doesn't it, it didn't click enough for it to be like anything more than two and a half for me. Right. It, it's, there's too, there's too much wrong with it. There's enough wrong with it that it balances out the good in it. Like mm-hmm. pretty much right down the middle. And it, it really yeah. is. It's a movie. I think people should watch once, but then never watch again. But I totally get like we were talking like on discord, it came up. Someone had suggested it. And, um, and then a couple of the people had chimed in about how they enjoyed the movie. Um, so I get why people like this movie. Like I get, I get it. Like I get people watching this movie multiple times. I mm-hmm. would never recommend you do it, but like I get it. Yeah. But it's definitely like for me, objectively having no connection with this other than the podcast here, two and a half. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. And like I said, I, I am, we are uh, pretty in sync with this one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, but I mean, again, this is one of those ones where it's like, if we're if we're wrong, let us know in the Discord. Like, what are what are we missing, or or why does it click more for you than it did for us? So, yep. um, but I, I'm glad now I can you know check it check it off the list and say, hey, I have seen it. So, would you watch a sequel? I, I guess it, it that, that that's very dependent on like, well, who's in it? Is it the original cast? Who's directing it? Who's writing right. it? You know, like. There's a lot of what ifs. I, I don't think I could say unconditionally I would watch a sequel or a remake or anything like that. Um, it, too many question marks. Yeah. I mean, because realistically, if you wanted to watch a remake of this, you would just watch The Born Identity. Well, The Born Identity is a better version of this movie. A oh, much better version it, of this know. movie. So. Do we ever um, do the third one? We haven't. We should, though. We I should uh, one, of the, one of the months that I want to do or I propose is like a – so we had to do a year of the three goal, but we can do like a month of three goals. Yeah, we can do like that. We can do like that and, and John Wick, uh, Parabellum and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So okay, I'm good with that. Anyway, um, all right. Any other final uh, notes you want to uh, throw on here for this movie? No, I, th- I mean I think I kind of covered everything. Like I said, there wasn't a lot to uncover uh, as far as like you know behind the scenes kind of stuff. So yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I think we kind of hit it pretty good. So 
All right. Um, all right. Well, uh, what do you want to plug first? You know, we should, we should probably plug. Tubi. Our, our longtime potential sponsor, Tubi. Right. And this movie is not on Tubi. It's not. Unfortunately. But uh, as we mentioned, that Tubi does have a, a shocking uh, amount of content on there. And it is free. Uh, and, and yes, you will have to watch some commercials, but not that many commercials, uh, to be honest with you, for all the content you're getting for free. So if you don't have Tubi, at least download it and kind of go through and see all the stuff. You can watch replays of all the World Cup matches on there if, you, if that's your thing. So, And then once you've watched Tubi, make sure you let Tubi know that we let you know that Tubi's around. Yeah. And, and listen, Tubi, listen, Tubi, we're, we make no money on this podcast now. So even if you're like, we're going to give you $500 a month to make Tubi plugs, that's great news for us. Like we'll take more money, but we're we're easily bought because right now uh, our net sum gain is zero dollars on no, the no, podcast. No, 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 it, it costs me money for this podcast, Joe. <laughs> right. I so lose money making this podcast. So, so we're we're making zero money. We're making negative money on the podcast. So like yeah, we're we're cutting you know, the red. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, you know, you want to throw us any kind of money, like we're going to be excited about it. So yeah, I'd be happy with like I don't know, hundred bucks a month. <laughs> yeah. Like we're easily bought, so just if you're listening to me, I, I or someone at Tubi, obviously the app is not listening. I mean, it probably is listening uh, if it's on your phone or something. But um, we're we're easily the last action podcast is easily bought, so yeah. we'll just throw that out there. Very easily bought. Any potential sponsors, we're we're very easily bought. Sure, hundred uh, percent. Like Pluto TV, if you want to get out of this, start a bidding war. I had never used Pluto TV. I just know you're there. Uh, if Tubi doesn't come through, Pluto, you want to? I'm good either way. I mean, you would like uh, Pluto TV. They have a uh, a channel because it's like it's different. It's set up as like a channel where it has like you can watch like a channel that just shows like episodes of Nine or Two and Zero. But they have a channel that's like classic mystery or classic action or whatever shows, mm-hmm. and they show a lot of MacGyver on there. So I'm in. <laughs> but Anyways. not but not unless Tubi gives us money. Well, well, Pluto TV, that's Pluto TV. Right, right, right. But if Tubi gives us money, I'll talk more about Tubi. Yeah, fuck fuck Pluto TV if Tubi gives us money. Yeah, but but the other way around. Like, if, if Pluto gives us money. Yeah, fuck Tubi. Right, but not right now, though. Okay. Not right now. No, right but, now we, we love, love both. We love both equally. equally. Maybe, maybe Tubi a little bit more. Maybe Tubi Anyways, a little bit more. Um, where, where could, if people want to get in on the Tubi debate, where's the best place to reach us about it? Well, Discord. And it's not a debate. Tubi's great. Uh... <laughs> go to uh, see, that's our slogan. That's it. I just got Tubi. I just wrote you a slogan. It's not a debate. Tubi's great. Tubi's great. There it is, yeah, right that, there. That that even rhymes. So see? yeah, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. I'm good at this stuff. Um, yeah, go to uh, go to our Discord. Join our Discord. Chat with us. Talk about uh, how much you love this movie and Tubi and wish it was on Tubi. Um, you can go to GameZillaMedia.com. That's GameZilla, G-A-M-E-Z-I-L-L-A. Media, M-E-D-I-A, spelled it out for you. GameZillaMedia.com. And at the bottom of the page is our Discord link. Click that button. Join us on Discord. Chat with us. You know, we have a lot of content just for us on The Last Action Podcast, but there are actually several other podcasts on the network that are very evergreen. You can listen to them anytime you want. Um, They hold up well. They're not really dated in any way. Uh, shows like uh, uh, Legend of Retro, fuck those guys. Um, 
shows like uh, uh, Noobs and Dragons, which I was on season two. You can listen to that. Uh, all kinds of stuff. The GameZilla podcast is on there. They talk about current video game stuff. Um, but yeah, join Discord. Uh, I I would like to say sorry. Uh, speaking of the uh, Legend of Retro, uh, I sometimes get dragged into the muck with LBJ. I'd like to say I love all those guys, including Chops, who I think is great, and I love when Chops is on the show. Uh, so Chops, if you're listening, uh, you and I are are cool beans. So. Oh really? That's what we're doing now. Now we're cool beans with them. I'm cool beans with Chops. We don't have a. We don't currently have a feud with them. You gotta let me know. I wouldn't have told him to f off. <laughs> oh yeah, right. You would have done that for t- you. You would have definitely told Chops to f off, regardless of what I said. Well, I saw him last night, and I did actually. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We have currently zero feuds going on with other podcasts. So, so. we're good. Yeah, we're good. All right. Legend of Retro, you guys are great. We love you. Anytime you want to come on, feel free. <laughs> Crossovers, we love them. See. I'll, I'll put to bed. All right, there we go. All right, cool. Anything else you want to uh, get off your chest? I think we should think of... I do think we should think of another podcast to have a feud with, though. All right. I'll do some research. I'll, th- I'll see what we can do. All right, yeah. Let's start a feud with another podcast. <clears throat> that doesn't um, know we exist? Like, like, what, like Conan, Conan needs a friend? Like, how big oh, are we yeah, going? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, who knows? Like... We'll think about it. By the, by the next time we record an episode, we'll think of a, a good podcast to be a uh, have a feud with. So Okay. All right. I'm done with that. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with feuds. Uh, this episode of The Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back.